1: I never felt bitterness or jealousy with my husband, but what I have felt is not a priority. Now, I understand the man on a mission, the man who's on a purpose, that comes first, which I get. But because I never put myself first, it never allowed him to put me first either. So... what's up guys welcome back to another episode of who can relate yes i'm still in my house we're gonna be back in the studio next week i promise and i need a favor to ask you guys i need uh, a little bit of mercy today a little bit of, a little bit of leeway and some slack i'm doing my first ever virtual episode Um, this guest, I could not just let pass by. I didn't want to wait till either he comes to LA or I go to where he is. Um, I wanted to give you guys some of this value and I think it's going to be really helpful. So without further ado, let me introduce my guest, Mr. James Silvis. James is a father, he's a coach, and he is the creator of the Be That 1% podcast. Talk about a great title. And we're going to get into a lot of really cool stuff today. And I know what you're already thinking. What kind of coach? He is a mindset coach. When I first heard this, I was like, there is literally a coach for everything, but I really am curious to know what this is. So we're going to get into it. So uh, if you guys see me looking down, that's because that's where James is. So James, welcome to Who Can Relate, man. Hey,
2: man. I'm grateful and honored to be here. I've been following you for a while now and I love what you embody,
1: what you represent. So it's great to be on the show. I yeah, appreciate it, brother. It's an honor. I'm humbled. Um, so let's get into a little bit of the background for people who don't know you.
2: Yeah, man. So I uh, grew up in Las Vegas, still here. One of those rare unicorns. Yeah. Uh, Not only growing up in Vegas
1: is a rare unicorn, but then that you're still there for sure. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. And now I have kids in Vegas, yeah. so that's a whole different story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but grew up playing sports at a year early age since I was six. Mm-hmm. And um, parents, very supportive, still together. I'm very, very grateful for that. And they've instilled some some pretty great morals and values in me. Um, yeah. one like my mom always told me you can always learn something from somebody. Mm. And she would always say that. And I think what that allowed me to really cultivate was empathy and listening. Sure. A a trait that I rely heavily on today Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with just with the line of work that I do. And then my dad um, would always tell me you are who you surround yourself with almost at nauseum, as as, as much he said that. Totally. And um, so you couple those kind of you know characteristics and values with sports and competition, and I think uh, I wanted to excel. And mm-hmm. I seeked out leadership positions, and um, when I got them, I made sure that I showed up early, stayed late, and I yeah. served the people that I was leading. And that compounded over years mm-hmm. led me to develop a skill set that I I feel um, helps people feel very comfortable mm-hmm. around me and not judged. And I think when someone feels not judged, they can express who they really are. And then they feel this level of authenticity and genuinity.
1: And it allows them to be able to relate to you. Exactly.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, I think I've just kind of had that skill built from a very early age. And people would always tell me you should be a psychologist or a psychiatrist or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, no, I'm just helping people. I'm just sharing what what I feel would be helpful in people's situations when they're seeing problems or overcoming obstacles. And then I went to college thinking I was going to go for sports. I got a couple offers, but decided that that's not the route that I wanted to go and went to UNLV. Mm. And luckily I did because I found a, not only I found my wife who is Mm. amazing and that's a whole separate story, but I found my professor who Mm. inspired me to do what I'm doing now. He taught neuroscience and psychology and mental performance. And it was that was my first introduction to how powerful the mind is and how the mind and the body are connected. Mm. And from there, I took that information, started sharing it, and that's how I began teaching and somewhat coaching. Mm. Meanwhile, working in the Las Vegas industry at the clubs, slinging <laughs> bottles and serving these drunk people yeah. that come here to vegas to forget everything about exactly. life and party exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i could tell you tons of stories there <laughs> uh but that was in, in, in an attempt to get away from physical therapy which is something i thought i wanted to do wasn't it mm-hmm. making an 875 an hour needed more money that's why i got into the industry stayed there for three years mm-hmm. and then decided to take the leap and bet on myself and yeah. um,
1: do what i'm doing now so tell the people Um, what is a mindset coach exactly? And what is, um, I mean, I'm I'm sure it's an obvious question, but why would someone need a mindset coach? But maybe you can give a um, more specific answer.
2: Yep. So I help people understand how they think, Mm -hmm. right? I help leaders lead effectively, overcome fear and live life on their terms. And why you need a a mindset coach is, it's very hard to tell. Like, I, I, I like using this analogy. I can't remember where I heard it, but When you're in the jar, you don't know the label.
1: Wow. Wow. You know, and and so you
2: don't, you don't know your own blind spots. And so you can operate and be somewhat effective on your own, but you're going to reach a cap Mm. because there's no outside influence. Mm -hmm. And then you don't tap into creativity, innovation, and there's no one there to hold you accountable to what you do or do not know. And so everybody that has achieved anything of greatness has had a coach. And so um, I just provide the mindset piece, which is usually a big chunk of why someone is or is not successful.
1: Totally. So what does mindset mean to you? It's two components. It's the story
2: you tell yourself and the meaning around that story. And components of that story are picked up at all areas of our life. But typically by the age of eight, the beliefs that we have about ourselves, about what's possible, about what life is, about what we're going to do, Mm -hmm. um, are pretty much set in stone. And so unless you do a lot of inner work and Mm -hmm. you ask a lot of hard questions and you're constantly seeking answers and developing a growth mindset, you're going to get stuck in some of the disempowering Mm -hmm. language patterns that maybe didn't come from you but came from your environments, your teacher, your parents, your friends. Mm
1: -hmm. Back to what your dad always told you, you know, you are who you surround yourself with, right? Um, I love I love the stat of you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, which is fascinating, scary, and definitely makes you reevaluate your 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 circle for sure. So my first question about um back to the the mindset coach and, and your mindset specifically, were you always this positive thinking forward? um, being kind with your inner thoughts self, or did it take, was there a certain process or a certain moment in your life where there's kind of a switch?
2: Yeah. Uh, I love this. Good question. Uh, so y- to answer your question about the positivity piece, yes, but I think I was, I was in a positive delusion oh. early on. What, what does that mean? That means that I felt I needed to be positive in, other, in order for people to like me and accept me.
1: Ah, uh, gotcha. And I was, gotcha. A, I was
2: afraid to admit that things, things weren't positive. Mm. And so it was almost this, um, it, was, it wasn't a conscious front, mm-hmm. right? But it was an exclusion of certain aspects of myself mm-hmm. that didn't fit the image I thought I needed to be. And it wasn't until I started integrating some of those quote unquote shadow aspects, as Carl Jung psychology reveals, that I went from the diluted positivity to the embodied optimism, which Mm -hmm. recognizes that there is negativity that happens. There is pessimism, there is challenge and whatever you want to call it. And that's just a part of life. And you have to lean into those moments. Yeah. But you can still choose to be optimistic Mm -hmm. in spite of those. Mm hmm. Um, So there's a, there's a deeper level of awareness now than there was then. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and it feels different. And I think people can interpret it as being different. Like Mm -hmm. if you ask someone that knew me 10, 20 years ago, uh, they would say, James has always been positive. But if, if they, if they know me now and they knew me then Mm -hmm. they'll see a big shift in some realism. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. And I think aging and maturity does that. And when you have kids, it definitely does that. So, yeah, yeah. uh, there's been well, I th- there. I
1: think it's also too, you know, there's a, a big part of the reason why, cause I definitely relate to that. Um, I was the same way. And as far as overly doing it with the positivity, uh, especially in the workplace, um, in my profession, you know, we are very replaceable as models. So, um, I knew I had to, it wasn't just my looks that would keep me, you know, in the door with that client. I had to bring more to the table. So a lot of times I would just be overly positive and overly happy and, and talkative and, and then I would get on a plane to go back home or I would, you know, get my car to go back home and then I would be back to a mood swing, right? Or or seasonal depression. I'm from Chicago, Vegas, you guys have. I know it snowed like the other week. It's That's nothing, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but it, it really, it took a toll on me. And I remember feeling the same way as far as that I couldn't let people see this side of me because I was fearful that they would think less of me. I was fearful they were gonna judge me at the end of the day. And I think is to your point of, when you get older, um, I think for me at least, it was definitely a matter of not so much that I don't care, but I kind of don't care, you know, in, in, in a sense, I care about my my myself, I care about my loved ones and what they think of me and my inner circle, but an acquaintance or let alone a stranger outside looking in, that's what I mean is I didn't care anymore. And I had to be true and honor myself and know that I'm human. You're going to deal with these feelings. It's inevitable. As, as you mentioned, it's natural. What's not natural is to fight them and to push them and suppress them down to where it builds up to a point where you don't you, you the control is not in your um, control anymore kind of thing. Um, so I think that's, it's really important. It's beautiful that, that you shared that. Thanks man. I appreciate yeah. that. So, um, the other thing I, I want to add to that too is, is a, is a quote by Inky Johnson. And he said, uh, we all have problems, but what makes us different is how we solve the problems, right? It's the solutions to our all of our issues, but finding the solution is what's really going to separate us and, and um, keep us living a positive life. Um, so, okay, so you're the successful young man, entrepreneur, you got your own businesses, you're a father, you're a husband, but you're human and you're going to have some of those down moments. You're going to have maybe some self-doubt issues. Some second guessing issues, and maybe when things don't go according to plan and you may consider them a failure, you you may again second guess and start doubting. What does that look like for a mindset coach? (laughs) Number one. And number two, what are some of the tools that work specifically for you? So as I
2: think we all teach what we need most. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I have been fascinated with the mind ever since I was younger. And Mm You know, being a father, you confront that every day because you're questioning whether your raising behavior is appropriate, acceptable, right, and you kind of worry about, you know, how are my parents going to perceive how I discipline my child, or what's the world going to think, you know, about how I raise my sons, Aiden, Aiden, you know. So there's that you have to that comes up for me. Yeah. Um, so I'll explain all the moments where things come up, and then I'll explain how I Please. work through them. Yeah. So there's the fatherhood piece, and then I think there's the husband piece. Mm. You know, I, I, Amanda and I have been together now for we're going on our eleventh year. Okay. And we've been married for five mm-hmm. of those years, and we just introduced our son Aiden in the last six months. And so there's a, and then we run we're business partners, right? Yep. So, you know, talk <laughs> well, about not. trying to load the plate. You know, yeah. we got all of it. <laughs> sure. Sure. And so there's fears there for sure of. Or insecurities of like, damn, am I still providing what she needs? Like mm-hmm. is she still gonna wanna be here? Mm-hmm. And those thoughts come up, but they don't they don't get lived out very long because okay. of how much communication Amanda and I have. Mm-hmm. So there's that piece. Mm-hmm. And then there's the um the client aspect. So yeah. I've been doing this for seven years. I and diligent in my process. You know, you when you put in enough time intentionally and you're constantly challenging how you think, mm-hmm. you start to notice some patterns and you get relatively good at at what you do. Sure. Um and but even then, when I get new clients that, you know, have net worths of in the millions, mm-hmm. there's still thoughts that come up and say, What do I have to teach this person? Sure. Sure. You know, this person quote unquote, has everything, yeah. right? And I get what caught into that. Yeah, Yeah. you get caught into the net worth being more important than anything else. And mm-hmm. so those thoughts do come up. Mm-hmm. And and there are moments where I'm on stage or speaking in front of crowds, and you know, my tongue tied, get tongue tied, I don't say the right thing, or mm-hmm. I ask the wrong question, and I get meta meta in my mind. And I have to quiet that down. What's, so what's those meta, are all meta. the mo- Meta-meta is like you speaking about how you're speaking.
1: Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. This is news to me. You're having a side conversation as you're having a real conversation. It's happening as we speak now, but it's it's
2: happening. Yeah. All the time for sure. Yeah. And so, so then, so there's three levels to that. You're having the conversation, then you're most likely judging that conversation. And then there's maybe even a third of you judging the fact that you're judging this conversation. So it's like, it's, wild man. And yeah. so you have to have a very strong disciplined mind to not let, not get lost in the weeds. Meditation has been a game changer for me. Yeah. Breathing as simple as that sounds has yeah. been game changing for me. Sure, And then a lot of, uh, a lot of self love work, meaning what, what is important? What am I afraid that people won't accept about me? And okay. You learning to accept that in yourself, because mm-hmm. if that fear stays there, then that fear is going to paralyze you from showing up as your true authentic self, which allows you to be unique and sure. own your craft, whatever it is. 100%. And so there's a level of mindfulness that you have to have in conversation with your health, almost like a self-compassion, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. And then there's the actual skill of disciplining your mind, which is the breathing, the meditation, and the journaling for me. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then you, you couple that with real in time practice Mm -hmm. so when you when you go in that mistake and make a mistake when Mm -hmm. you don't say the right thing when you mess up when you you are embarrassed Mm -hmm. that's when that dialogue is most important sure and over the years and putting myself on the line many 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 times i've gotten
1: better at catching myself before i enter these self-sabotaging loops So what does that catching yourself moment look like? What does that entail? Because that's the key piece. And I'm actually, this is a selfish question. I'm asking for myself because I definitely can relate to you.
2: Yeah, it's when your dialogue turns uh, shameful. Okay. Okay, so there's a difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is you have a a negative feeling over the behavior that you did. Shame is when you actually uh, take that negativity and own it as a piece of your identity.
1: Mm, Gotcha. Okay.
2: So when you shame yourself, like, Oh, I'm so stupid mm-hmm. or look at me what, what makes, who, what gives me the right to stand up here on stage and, yeah. and share this message mm-hmm. when I, those are triggers for me to start the self-compassion exercises, okay, which is like, okay, alert, uh, that language is not going to serve you mm-hmm. in this moment. Mm-hmm. You need to choose another thought and give life to that thought and water that thought until you get enough courage to stand in the presence of whatever it is that you're trying to do. So there's an interrupt of that flow to redirect that energy into something that's more supportive rather than something that's destructive. Sure. Right. Then there's the breathing that comes with that to slow the heart rate down, to Mm -hmm. change the biochemistry in the body Mm -hmm. and to really become rooted here in the now because, Usually when judgment comes up, you're judging from a past experience or yeah. when anxiety comes up, you're thinking about a future thing. Mm-hmm. And when you breathe, you become more present. And when you become present, you can choose a thought now that embodies whatever it is that you're wanting to experience sure. now. Sure. So that's what I mean by awareness and mindfulness. Like you mm-hmm. have to know how to shift that dialogue. And sometimes you speak to yourself very aggressively.
1: Yeah. Other times you need to whisper.
2: And sometimes it's not even thinking,
1: it's just breathing. Sure. So in, in specifically with the breathing, what just give us like a, a, a quick little hack, a, um, um, something we can take home and implement today as far as breathing under those type of circumstances where you feel shameful, you feel self-doubt. So the perfect breath is six seconds in.
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah. Six sec. I think it's six seconds in and four seconds out. So a total of okay. t- around 10 seconds for one inhale, yeah. exhale. Is that, is that box breathing? It's similar to box breathing. Okay. Um, there's a really great book called breath Okay. that literally breaks down all of the science behind breathing. It's Amazing. fascinating. Oh, great. It's, it's I'll make pop- sure I
1: include it in the notes and stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So okay. definitely look into that, but yeah. So if box breathing is more under like what you're understanding, then let's just go mm-hmm. with that. Cause that, okay. that'll work too. Mm-hmm. Uh, five seconds in five seconds out. Mm -hmm. What that does is it interrupts what is going on in that moment long enough for you to pause to think about it rather than staying stuck in the momentum that that negative thought can create. Sure. You're putting a hold on it. It's like you're putting a rock in the stream that now has to change the flow of the water. Yep. And then, so there's that, and then there's an awareness that your thought that you think is yours Mm -hmm. is really just a part of the, of a collective thought that we all have. So the fear that you experience is not subject to you alone. Mm-hmm. We all have these fears. And if we all have these fears, then we all have similar thoughts. Sure. And if people who have had similar thoughts to you that are fear-based mm-hmm. and they've changed, that means you have access to thoughts that aren't fear-based that you can then act on and live through. Sure. Sure. And so that there's there's a belief there that needs to be cultivated, so that you know, mm-hmm. one, I can switch it, and two, I will switch it. Totally. And that changes the game.
1: That's beautiful. I mean, it's one of those things where we're not alone. We all we all go through things as well. Again, it's back to that quote of how we come up with solutions, and whether it's breathing, whether it's, you know, keeping track of your inner thoughts. You know, it's it's so important. I've I've really learned that the last year or so. How? Because everyone has said it before. I've heard it. It wasn't rocket science or brand new to me, but. Really sitting down and practicing how I speak to myself was and is a huge game changer. I, I I go in this roller coaster of a ride, but you know it's it's at least I now have the tools to to fix you know that that issue because it's so important. And also believe you are what you think. You know what I mean? So having that self-confidence, not arrogance, not cockiness, just that self-confidence, that self self-value and self-worth and self-love is as, as you, you know, so beautifully shared your your routine of what kind of works for you. And um, I hope people really, you know, pay attention to that because the self-love thing is, is I just posted a quote the other day. It's not selfish. It's important. It's necessary. It's essential. It's necessary. Your wife thanks you for that. Your son will thank you for that. Your friends, your circle will thank you for that as well. And because and, it helps with how you show up. So let's, let's move into, um, we had a pre-call last week or two weeks ago and, and you said something that was great about, um, really trying to implement depth in all of the relationships that you have. I personally struggled still to this day and it was worse before, but as far as keeping people at a surface distance, like a Heisman, you know, trophy, if you guys are watching, level, right? Um, fearful of abandonment, fearful of being judged to the point where now I am shameful of myself, um, fearful of criticism, whether it's constructive or not. And so it's been um, evident in, again, all the relationships that I have, and at least I'm aware of it now, I it and I'm putting in the work, but um, when you said that it, it really sparked my attention, I'm sure it will for a lot of people. So if you just want to touch on again, how important it is to have depth in your relationship and relationships.
2: Yeah, so depth is super important and it's something we all crave, but in order to get it, you have to release control and -hmm. you have to be vulnerable. And for so many people, myself included for the longest time and even still working through it, Sure. Vulnerability is seen as weakness. And if you grew up in an environment where you were taken advantage of or you were hurt or you were betrayed mm-hmm. or you were you let someone in and they hurt you, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's armor that you have. And sure. in order to prevent that, again, you feel that you need to control everything. Totally. Well, first off, you can't control everything. <laughs> you can give yourself the illusion that you can. Yeah. Uh, and you can play it so safe that, again, it gives you the illusion that you're mm-hmm. controlling your life. But as 2020 taught us, There ain't nothing you can control outside of yourself, right? Exactly. So when you let go of the superficial relationships that are, it's, that it's easy to, to create connection, but it's hard to create depth. When you let go of that in search of the depth, you also subject yourself to potential pain. And I don't think a lot of people are willing to do that, Mm -hmm. but if you're not willing to do that, then you can't have the depth. And if you can't have the depth, then you don't have trust, mm-hmm. and you don't have honesty, Yeah, and, and you don't have the types of conversations that are timeless. And what yeah. I mean by that is like, hopefully, everyone listening has had one moment in their life where they were talking to someone, and time just flew by. It was, sure. you felt so connected in the moment to you, to the person, to the message, to the mm-hmm. content. That it was fun, yeah, and it was. It, but it was also like you were on edge, but in a good way.
1: Sure, yeah, it was exciting.
2: Exactly. Yeah, and i th- I think that that can be a regular thing. Mm-hmm. But we need to we need to work through our fear of intimacy. We need to work through the fear of rejection. Sure. We need to work through accepting ourselves because until we do, no one else is going to give us the respect that that we deserve. Sure. Because it always comes from us, and we always project what's going on inside yeah. that other people pick up on.
1: So you mentioned timeless, which is, which was a, a word that for some reason stuck out to me. And, and, uh, just again, going back to my own personal experiences, um, it's about having a timeless relationship as well. You know what I mean? And, and in order to have the best relationship that you, you want, whether it's again in, with a um, intimate relationship or a friendship or even a family member, it's all about the vulnerability and transparency, as you also touched on how vulnerability has been programmed for men, especially to be considered a sign of weakness. And I've been saying on here since I started, it's actually the opposite. It's a sign of bravery. It's a sign of emotional maturity. It's it's a sign of mental uh, maturity. And it's also a sign of I've been there, done that, and it didn't work. And I know why, at least in this department, it's because I couldn't be vulnerable and I couldn't be transparent. So um, when I rewatch this episode and when I'm spending hours editing, I will definitely <laughs> implement that you know, nonstop because it is still something I'm working on today. And and the reason why is because it's, it's, at least for me coming from my childhood and my background, even with relationship experiences, it's still not easy to just trust that person, even though someone is constantly saying it, or showing more importantly, I won't leave you. It's okay. This, you know, this is a safe space kind of thing. We, for people like me who are just so guarded still, we're just like ready at all times. We're tense and and we're just preparing ourselves for the exit strategy. Um, The information like this is for us easier said than done, but like anything else, the more you implement it, the more you practice it, the more you'll be able to do it. So it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's beautiful that you shared that, um, to so okay, piggyback sorry.
2: off that real quick, I don't sure. think it not it it's not like we're saying that you need to be vulnerable with everybody, right? No, like yeah, sure. There's a level of connection that is established through common values, through totally. maybe common goals. And so mm-hmm. for anyone wondering, well, how do I know the difference of like when to be vulnerable, when not to? Mm-hmm. When you have an when you've established a connection that feels good, like mm-hmm. go off the feeling, right? I like what we're talking about. I enjoy this person's company. Mm-hmm. I'd like to take it deeper. Yep. that's where vulnerability is going to be called into question ultimately you you will know if if you're having the resistance <laughs> uh to lean in that's mm-hmm. probably when you need to lean in and it doesn't necessarily mean you got to share a whole life story then but sure. you can share it in degrees you can sure. share it uh, over time yep but each time you're sharing more of yourself mm-hmm. and then you measure it how did mm-hmm. they perceive that yeah did they say anything that was red flags or you know, like, there's stages. Mm-hmm. We're not just saying go in zero to 100, but work on the
1: layers. Right? Sure, totally. So I, this morning, I was actually listening to one of your episodes, and, uh, you know, it's, it's all about clickbait, right? Like, what, what title kind of catches my eye, and, and, and it's also uh, particularly pertaining to what I'm currently going through in my life, right? I think the average listener can relate to that. So you had an episode on um, how to stay together as your relationship grows. And when I first read that, I thought, well, shouldn't that be easy? It's easy to stay together when you're growing. It's hard to stay together when you're not growing, right? But even with growth comes challenges, comes adversity, comes uncomfortableness, right? And so you had a guest on, Isabel Levy, and she said something that I think is just so important to everyone in relationships. So guys, pay attention. This, this was her saying, I never felt bitterness or jealousy with my husband, but what I have felt is not a priority. Now I understand the man on a mission, the man who's on a purpose that comes first, which I get, but because I never put myself first, it never allowed him to put me first either. So (laughs) talk about who can relate to that. Um, I I just want to start and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, I struggle with that. When I set my eye on a prize, it's very common for me to get to like a tunnel vision mode where I don't really see anyone else, see anything else. I'm just like locked in. It's partly how I got my wife, you know, so it, it could be used as a pro. Right. But now that I have my wife and now that I have this newborn baby and who can relate, I have found oftentimes that we've um, it's it's caused some type of divide in our in our relationship, our marriage, because I'm locked into the office because I'm obsessed with with now working, which is a rare thing for me and something that she wasn't accustomed to when we first started dating especially being long distance. You don't really get to see everything until you move in. And so I know at times she has mentioned maybe not in the words of I don't feel like a priority, but she's definitely said I don't feel like I'm enough or I don't feel like we spend enough time together, etc. So for someone who in your shoes specifically in your life who not only has a family with, you know, with your wife but you also work with your wife. How do you guys balance the priority in your relationship, the priority in your work, the priority in your parenting, and then what were some of the uh, trial and error moments, if, if you care to share, as to how you guys came up with your solutions? So uh, first off, I, I wouldn't say
2: that we have this mastered, and I think it gets, it, it, it as you take on more challenges, it gets, you get better at navigating it, but I don't think it's ever easy. Yeah. Um, and then I also wanna tackle the word balance, because I don't believe in balance, Okay. And I think people use it as a way to beat themselves up
0: mm-hmm. for, and
2: feel guilty over not spending time where they need to spend time. Mm-hmm. I, through my wife actually, have adopted more of a harmonious lifestyle, which means that there's seasons to things, Okay. right? So there it may be times in my business and in hers where she needs mo- more time spent there. Mm -hmm. And as long as we communicate that when it's happening, sometimes before it happens, and Mm -hmm. definitely after it happens, then there's a lot of understanding on where things need to be and how each other feels about the things that are going on. Mm. And and I find that that minimizes a lot of the unnecessary guilt that we experience, or at least I experience by doing the work that I love. I don't want to have guilt over doing what I love. So- that's what i mean by harmonious mm-hmm. right it's like right now or in the summer this summer i'm going to be traveling to probably 15 different states i'm be traveling every weekend wow and knowing that that's going to be happening i already am telling my wife that it's going to be happening mm-hmm. and we're already recruiting help for that time so that sure. when it happens it's not so all of a sudden sure and so we, we communicate regularly, like daily about mm. what we're feeling, what's going on, what each other needs so that we can adapt and move to fit those needs. Yeah. Um, but sometimes the business is a priority. Other times sure. we're the priority. Um, sure. and you had a baby in there and that, <laughs> that, that, that's really challenging. And, and yeah. we have to schedule our days very effectively. Like I'm the morning person with Aiden. She's mm-hmm. the, uh, she'll obviously she has to feed him. So there's built in time for that. We've hired a babysitter now for certain days. So there's a lot of things that we're doing, um, to offset that, but Mm. it's mostly just being proactive with, with communication. And I don't think a lot of people do that. And when you're in business together, you got to know a few things. You got to know each other's needs. Yep. You have to know their strengths and you got to know their weaknesses.
0: Mm.
2: And sometimes they won't tell you. So you'll either have to ask, Mm -hmm. Or hopefully they'll want to tell you and know how to tell you, so that both of you are on the same page. Sure. But like when Amanda, because Amanda originally helped me build the be that one percent brand and podcast, mm-hmm. it's something that I created back in 2012, and she helped it. She helped me bring it to a movement of what it is now. Sure. And as she was working with me, she didn't tell me how she was feeling about helping me and it distracting from her doing her thing. Mm and i've always told her i was like babe i don't i don't want you to get lost in something that i love i want you to be able yeah. to do what you love and and she didn't affirm that she she said mm. cool thank you but she didn't really tell me how she felt and maybe she didn't even know what she was feeling at the time sure sure and then it came a point where she was like i i love what you're doing and i i'll continue to help you but i want to do my own thing mm. and that was a conversation that wasn't easy to have mm-hmm. it was emotional but we both understood and we made it happen sure. and so We've learned to lean into hard conversations Mm -hmm. um, and we have a really good pulse on each other's needs, strengths, and weaknesses. Totally. Her strengths are creativity uh, and systematic thinking and her weakness is deadlines. Like she needs (laughs) deadlines and I'm not going to hold her to those deadlines. Uh, And so there was something that we had to manage there. And then she knows all my strengths, all my weaknesses and stuff. And so there's a mutual understanding that needs to be had in order for life to work with somebody, but especially for business totally. and, and fatherhood
1: and parenthood. Um, that was great and so insightful. And I think one of the things I took from that is, again, back to vulnerability. If you're not able to communicate with your partner what it is that you lack or that's a weakness of yours, or and it doesn't necessarily have to be in like a chore that you have a hard time doing or a, a um, particular problem, but it could just also be you have a hard time articulating how I feel. I have a hard time being vulnerable with my words and and feeling like you're not going to judge me or, and I'm sure, especially for a woman who's a mother, you know, or even a wife, when you have certain responsibilities that they take very much so in, in pride in as we do as well. And so I'm, I'm sure it's if there's a struggle of women who are just saying, hey, I, I need help with the baby, you know, it's right. I think for a lot of things, men are like, I got it, I'll do it. I'm sure for women with that particular department, with the baby, it's like, I got it, I'll do it. You know what I mean? So um, it's it's great that you guys have that level of transparency, the level of vulnerability and the level of just um, comfortability that you guys can go to one another in, in times of, of adversity. Because, again, it's, it's inevitable. It's not if, it's when. Uh, things are going to go, you know, arise or, or not go according to plan, but it's how you guys can come together and go towards the solution as opposed to running from the solution or, or it, allowing it to be a divide between you guys.
2: Things to that one yeah, yeah. is, um, she's constantly giving me feedback <laughs> and some, I'm just like, yes, thank you. Got it. Yeah. And then, and then the, the other piece is there is still guilt. Mm. Like no matter, no matter how harmonious, no matter how many conversations and, and, proactive communication. Yeah. Like part of me still feels right now, even during this interview that I could be downstairs with my wife and with my son. So I don't know if that will ever go away Mm -hmm. and maybe that's a good thing because it keeps us, um, it keeps it keeps it keeps reminding us of what's important right Totally, yeah mm-hmm. um but it's definitely minimized due to the harmonious moving of priority depending on the situation sure
1: cool so i think if we can kind of um before we get into the uh rapid fire questions and, and where people can find you and stuff um maybe we can just sum up some final takeaways here i mean we, we talked about some some amazing stuff some beautiful stuff that i know will help out a lot of people Um, What are some things that you hope people will be able to um, relate to when listening to this or watching?
2: I hope people that are listening are either learning and or being reminded that their life comes down to how they think Mm -hmm. and what they do. Mm. And if you can create congruence between what you think and what you do, that is integrity. And if you can be intentionally... in live in integrity intentionally, yeah. I think your life will be fulfilling. I'll be, I think it'll be more rich and it'll give you greater awareness around who you are and how powerful you can be yeah. when you accept that. So that's that's, that's like the first kind of fundamental premise. But yeah. I think making it even more fun, mm-hmm. looking at life as a story to, to, uh, to borrow Donald Miller's kind of philosophy here, right? Like yeah, yeah. we're all characters in a story. And depending on what character you assign to, whether that's a hero, a victim, a villain, uh, you're naturally going to attract the lifestyle of that character. Yeah. Right? And so... Being aware of what story you're telling, what story you're living, and or what story you want to be experiencing are all very, very important. And the more awareness you can have over that, the, the more fun life becomes. Because if you view yourself as a hero or want to be a hero, sure, a hero doesn't become a hero until he goes through challenge mm-hmm. and gets through it. Yep. And so if you want to be a hero and currently you're going through a challenge, having that frame gives you just enough hope and optimism to endure whatever the struggle or the challenge is. Mm-hmm. And then once you come through it, which, you know, as an example, we all came through 2020, Yeah. Uh, then we can turn around and inspire or empower other people to do the same. Sure. So I think that's important to think about.
1: That's, that's great. And, and uh, Donald Miller is the author of a couple of books, but the one I recently gave you, which is uh, Building a Story Brand. And I shared it on my Fresh Start episode and um, his book has really helped me outline structure and just come up with the overall creation of who can relate and where I wanted to take it. And this is perfect to tie into what you do for a living, which is a mindset coach. It's important to um, touch on the, the biggest part of the book, aside from being the hero, is the hero and or character meets a guide and you, my friend, are the guide. To a lot of people and it's so important that people understand my, my takeaway is everyone can still grow get better and learn I don't care how successful you are in, in your craft or how you know early you are and in, into the stages of developing your craft it's important to seek and reach out for help it's important to seek and reach out to mentors to advisors that you look up to that you're trying to be, become one day um, especially for men you know we have such a hard time asking for help and it's because we think we failed or it's because we think we're inadequate to handle a problem. But why don't we just flip it and just realize it just means we're not alone. Take advantage of the opportunity and the resources that are around you of your loved ones and your inner circle that are like, hey, James, hey, Justin, I'm, I'm here to help you guys out. Should you need anything? Right now, the army's helping someone out because <laughs> it's pretty loud. Um, but no, so it's it's so important that, um, again, I I, I made sure I wanted to bring that up because you are the guide to a lot of people's stories that will help them go from their issue and their problem working with you and overall coming up with the right solutions and, and living the best life that they can live. So it's important. The other thing I wanted to add as a takeaway is just that reminder that we all go through those self doubt moments. We all go through that. I love the the meta meta. I'm going to, I'm going to do more research on that when we get off this call because um I really want to learn about that because that is me. I when, I when I'm interviewing people, I'm like, I'll ask a question or I'm reflecting back on the episode that is so far. And I'm like, I should have said this better. I could have done that better. And then what happens is it takes me away from being present with the guest. So sometimes I like lose what they're saying. And I'll like while I'm editing, I'm watching I'm like, they said something brilliant. Why didn't I jump on that? I'm like, because I was probably in my head thinking about why I didn't ask the question the way I wanted to. So um, it's great that you, yeah. I, can I have to touch on that a little bit? Please, sure. Yeah, so I think it's important for people to find their values in
2: their life, right? What mm-hmm. they stand for. And one of my values, my actually my number one value is mm. presence. Mm. And many yeah. people have different definitions, but how I choose to define it is, a state of being mm-hmm. without judgment. Sure. Without judgment being key piece. And I was leading a retreat this past weekend with a, a room full of pretty successful leaders. Yeah. 10, 10 men, one woman. And one of the leaders asked, you know, how am I able to connect with people so well? And what, basically what I said is I, I, I forget about myself yeah. and I enter the other person. Hmm. And it takes a certain level of, of self worth there because sure. if I if I'm not secure in who I am, I'm gonna be analyzing how they think of me because I want sure. their acceptance. Right
1: or, or or comparing. Or
2: comparing, right? Yeah. Um when you get to the point where you can let quiet that or let go yeah. of that, then yeah. you can be so in somebody else sure. that the right answers and the questions emerge from the listening. Yeah,
1: you just have to listen,
2: <laughs> right? Right, yeah. but then yeah, but then it's like okay, well, what do, what do I listen to? And it's, yeah. it's like as you're listening, more thoughts can come up, and so that's the meta-meta, right? That's sure. when you know you're like, oh crap, my mind's going. Bring it back here. <laughs> yeah, be present. Be present. So like, totally. I, I I love that process, totally. and I, I I'm glad that you talk about it because it's something yeah. that I think we all want and desire, and
1: we sure. all can get better at. Okay, so with all that being said, I'm sure a lot of people right now are like, okay, James, sold. So. Can you let people know what you're working on now, where they can find you and how they can get in touch with you? The easiest way is through Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time. Um, I'm sure you'll put that in the show notes. And
2: then I do have a podcast. If you wanna just continue to hear, you know, things that I've learned and strategies that have worked for me, that's Mm -hmm. Be That 1% podcast. Also be in the show notes. And then, um, yeah, I mean, so that's how you can reach me. And then kind of some things that I have coming up are usually every year I have a, a live event in Vegas, okay. Okay. P- probably around October. Um, this 2020 kind of threw a monkey wrench <laughs> and everything. So sure. just be on the lookout for that. I also hold masterminds both on my own and then through companies. So if you have a group of people that you're wanting to uh, challenge and or get closer to and have them step into their next level of leadership, um, mm-hmm. definitely would love to, to speak with you and also if you want to take your game to the next level and work intimately then i do offer one-on-one sessions so if any of that resonates would love to serve and and at least connect
1: so for sure and i'll make sure i include all that in the show notes um as i think you're gonna add a lot of value to a lot of people um okay so let's get into the round of rapid fire questions my friend this is the uh you can relax now all the hard work's done Um, okay. First question is, and this is, um, a selfish question again, but I do think it's going to add value to a lot of people. So one thing that I do when I travel or when I did before COVID, um, anytime I would meet someone who was married, I would always ask them two questions. And so these two are for you. What is the best advice you would give being a married man? And what's the best advice you've ever received about marriage? So
2: one of the best things. Uh, pieces of advice that I received was actually on my wedding day. Okay, I was sitting uh, with my group of groomsmen and then the the restaurant that was connected to the venue that we were doing it at, mm-hmm. and I just asked all my guys to just say a prayer over me, and mm-hmm. they all put their hands on me, and I've never experienced so much love from a group of men in my entire life, and it wow. was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, after that moment, we found out that there was a couple sitting in that same restaurant that had been married for no joke. 70 years okay so talk about a good omen yeah right and uh, we were just shocked and we're like what how (laughs) how does that even possible like what do you what do you suggest like my wedding day what do you got Yeah. and they were it was it was i'm gonna summarize it wasn't specific because that was six years ago five six years ago but Mm. it was it was just play Mm. don't forget to play yeah yeah you know, sometimes we can make things so uh, ceremony-like or structured or yeah. or um, just we have to do it this way and, mm-hmm. and we forget to play. And I forget that all the time. And so totally. really leaning into that uh, when it makes sense, I think would be very helpful. Yeah. What I would suggest mm-hmm. would be to at least do some sort of personal development work before you get married. Totally. And if, and not to say that if you don't, it won't be successful, you, but you dramatically increase your chances, knowing what triggers you, knowing how your upbringing affects how you'll be with that person and or affect the type of environment you raise your kid in kids Mm -hmm. in. That's so, so important. Mm -hmm. And so whether that's working with someone like a coach or a therapist or, or reading some books, like something that increases your awareness because times will get hard. You will have arguments. Yeah. You will have fear come up all the time. Mm-hmm. And you got to have some skills to learn how to navigate that or else that sure. fear will hijack you. You'll say things you don't mean, do things yeah. you don't want to do, and it'll just turn into a mess.
1: Okay, question number two. What is your number one goal in 2021?
2: My definition of success is doing what I love with who I love. Hmm. And th- I think... 2021 is about reaching deeper levels of that. Yeah. So really asking my question my myself in my business, you know, what do I love doing and how can I spend more time doing that? Yeah. In in the time that I've allotted for my business. And then who I love, which would include my family, my friends, my support staff, everyone that I would fall into that category. How can I have deeper levels of love with them and, and, and really maximize and squeeze the time that I have with them as much mm. as I can.
1: Mm. That's great. I, I love that. And that's something that uh, I'm sure is a goal every year <laughs> for you, not, <laughs> not just this year. Um, question number three, what do you want to be known for when you leave this earth? Think legacy.
2: When you talked to me,
1: you felt like the most important person in the world. Wow. Talk about being present, right? That's great, man. That's beautiful. Wow. Question number four, what's something you want women to know about men? (laughs)
2: We're not all assholes, (laughs) right? (laughs) Let's just start (laughs) there. Yeah, right. Um, I think men are misunderstood from the perspective that If if I'm speaking from a relationship standpoint, uh, intimate relationship, Mm -hmm. I think they care more, they care about you more than they think they do when they when they're not spending time with you. Mm -hmm. And if there can be just a little bit more appreciation there, I think Mm -hmm. it would soften some of the conflict that arises from that misunderstanding. Sure. You know, a lot of a lot of men, myself included only do what I do. Well, I do what I do because I love it, but I also do what I do to take care of my family. And totally. although I do articulate that, mm-hmm. I don't know if I do it enough. And I'm sure other men feel the same when, yeah. you know, maybe we're spending too much time on something and our, and our, our wives or girlfriends or whatever mm-hmm. are, you know, not feeling like a priority or not feeling like they're um, valued in that moment. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really to maybe, Embody some compassion, and sure. rather than being a- accusing or yeah. coming out as an attack, yeah. maybe inviting and questioning uh, softly would sure. would invite
1: more collaboration. Yep. Yep. Cool. And then last question: What do you admire most about you?
2: I think my ability to listen. Mm. I, I I really try not to uh, jump to conclusions. Yeah. And I've learned that usually people's initial uh initial kind of statement in any kind of particular conversation mm. is there's always something deeper right yeah. and so if they yeah. come out as a as they attack or they're thorny from the outside yeah. it means they're really soft on the inside and if i sure. can really focus on that then i can i can melt the problem away mm. through the presence and the listening so that they feel understood so that they don't have to be so hard.
1: Sure. Sure. That's great, man. And everyone needs that person in their life where when all else fails, you can go to them, whether you need their, their mind at that moment, you need their ears at that moment, or you need their heart at that moment. So, um, it's an honor to know you, brother. I appreciate that answer. That's that's beautiful. Um, okay. And on that note, this is my moment to acknowledge you. And, uh, Funny enough, although this is a, a a new developed friendship, we met through mutual friend and um this is actually the, probably the longest we've spoken <laughs> but 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 I've done um some research on you and um and, and the mutual friend that we have in Brandon you know speaks very highly of you and that that says a lot about about you so um I just want to acknowledge you for creating the space for people who are struggling to find the motivation in their life to be better to be successful and to have clarity in their life. Again, as we just, you know, ended your your answer to the last question, everyone needs someone like you in their life, whether it's a friend, a mentor, uh, a partner, whatever it is. Um, and it's important for me to serve people. It's important for me to help people, for them to feel like they're not alone when they listen, when they watch, and when they're a part of the Who Can Relate community. And I know that that's your mission as well. So that's, it's also um a uh, beautiful quality about you. Um, I want to acknowledge <laughs> this about you that I'm actually striving to be myself, which is funny enough, we just talked about, which is being a better communicator. You know, I recently, over the last couple of years, um, realized that what makes a great communicator as again, as we said, is someone who seeks to understand before they're seeking to be understood, um, to listen and be present with who you're speaking with is so important. And you do that in a way with your tone, with your presence, albeit, you know, your podcast is audio, but I can still feel like it's just you and me, like you're almost talking to me in a sense. And that's a very difficult skill to to achieve and, and to have um, on a daily basis. Um, and it's, it's also, I'm a big advocate of, you can have the greatest message ever to give somebody. But if the delivery is off, that message will never get across. And the way you deliver your messages where you're not too preachy, you're not too sales pitchy. Um, you have a beautiful way of getting the exact message you want to get across to people. And I'm sure at the right time. So um, that's my acknowledgement for you, brother. It's an it's honor to welcome you into my life, into my wife's life. Um, I can't wait for people to um, digest your content to be a part of what you're trying to do uh we need more like you in this world and especially um not only from a man to a man but a father to a father um there's a type of brotherhood you know that we have that we have to abide by and we have to take full responsibility and and uh people like you give me hope give me give me the 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 trust in humanity (laughs) kind of kind of bring it back a little bit as obviously 2020 was a little shaky with that department and um so yeah so um I so gratefully appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you sharing your message and uh, your wisdom. And uh, I'm looking forward to being on your show tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if anyone um, really valued today's episode, they're going to be in for a um, a double or bonus or just more of us um, tomorrow on your platform. So I'm looking forward to it, brother.
2: Brother, thank you so much. Those words meant a lot and i did my best to receive every one of them so
1: i appreciate you (laughs) i'm sure you did with the way you're able to be present and listen so (laughs) i'm sure you got every bit of it (laughs) so i'm full of gratitude for your brother thank you so much and um i'll see you tomorrow (laughs) well respect